Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer. It's the Wednesday edition of Oilers Now. 1236 in Edmonton. Some guests on this show receive gift cards to the Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. Every time I've hosted a show leading up to this, it's been John Shannon, who I've uh, had the pleasure of talking to. A little bit different today, our regular Wednesday contributor is Craig Simpson from Hockey Night in Canada. And this is very cool for me to be joined by Simmer because as an aspiring play-by-play guy, Jim Hewson is the pinnacle for me. (laughs) And you get to work with him every night. Simmer, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Thank you. Are you so, feel in total control of things there now? Bob's not in the office. You got the place to yourself. Are you feeling good? Absolutely. I'd say when the cat's away, the mice <laughs> will play, right? So I get to have yes. a little bit of fun with it. Uh, exactly. 6-4 win for the Oilers last night. And what's most impressive to me about this team lately is that they're they're finding different ways to win hockey games. It seemed like that Hitchcock hockey, one nothing, 2 nothing was taking precedent. Suddenly we see the offensive output. What do you think of it all? Well, I, I think it's a little bit predictable. I, I thought, uh, you know, we've talked over the last couple of weeks since Hitch took over that it would take a little bit of time to get some consistency in how they played and how they managed their game. Uh, but what I, what I think is sort of paramount to the way he wants them to play is keep yourself in the game. Like, don't lose the game on your own. Uh, don't have the breakdowns that we saw at various times throughout the year. And, you know, those are the kind of things that if you can do that on a consistent basis, you sometimes on the road stay in a game until you get things going. Last night was one that, you know, the game opened up in the second period. You took advantage of the chances you got, and then you hung on at the end. So uh, there are a lot of different ways to win, but uh, I think what you have seen from this group uh, in the last little while anyways, you know, is, is being able to be a, a better defensive club to keep yourself in a hockey game. You know, the key, everyone says this is a three-goal lead. And, you know, you look in the 11 games, they've given up two goals against or less than seven of them. And so that in itself is something that will allow you to, to stay in those games and make sure you give yourself a chance to win. 
Mikko Koskinen gives this chance a win, this team rather, a chance to win uh, almost every time he's in net. And he was lights out to set the yeah. precedent in the first period of that game. Now, what can you say about... I'm very curious, Craig, and I know you've been in, in the coaching side of things as well. The timeshares with goaltenders. Right now, there's a lot of success with the Edmonton franchise and elsewhere in timeshares. I don't know that that's the case. So do yeah. you think that this is sustainable for both goaltenders to keep mm-hmm. playing this well in the split? Well, I think what was important for uh, Hitchcock was to make sure he didn't alienate uh, Cam Talbot. And, you know, when he came in, Cam was on a run that, you know, was not a good one. So it was a natural to say, go with the guy who's uh, been the hotter hand, allow Koskinen to to prove to you that, you know, he's a number one guy. And I, I think he's been able to do that. But I also think it was really... You know, strategically for Hitch, that you don't want to alienate a guy that has played big minutes and that, you know, albeit he didn't have a great year last year, has been really good uh, prior to that. So I think it's the it's the right mentality. It uh, it allowed, I think, um, Cam to sort of dig in and get himself good hard practice days, get himself mentally prepared. You know, he got the big win and got a little bit of the monkey off his back after a long losing streak and. Now I think it is a management thing. I think now you've created an environment where both goaltenders do, I think, believe that the coach has faith in them, and that's that's really important, uh, especially for Talbot being, you know, a number one in the past. And uh, I just think now, you, you know, until one falters a little bit, you can't go wrong by, you know, riding one guy for a little stretch. You look at the schedule, when's a natural to go back to cam you know you're going to have some back-to-back games so you're going to probably make those decisions but uh, i think all in all it's really worked out well for them and both goaltenders seem to have a little bit of their groove back in their confidence and i think that's exactly right now it's not a win and you're in situation anymore right. because Koskinen's won two in a row and it's going to be Talbot against Winnipeg Talbot did he was part of that 5-4 victory the first time the teams met back in Winnipeg on October 16th would you have gone back to him again for this uh, for this rematch in Winnipeg uh you know what I, I think again you're you're trying to create an environment and I'm sure you've had some discussion with both goaltenders as a bit of a plan. You know, um, you, you don't want to turn one off. Uh, I think you come off a night where Koskinen was really, as you said, the difference maker and allowing them to win there. But if you've made your decision and you've got Cam in a situation where he's feeling good about his game, I, I think it's the right move. I, I don't think you want to, you know, shut the door on one just because the other one's playing at a pretty high level too. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a it's a win-win. I, I think for uh, goaltenders going into certain buildings that they've won before, it, it doesn't always translate the second time around. So, I do think you got to stick to your plan and make sure that you uh, give Talbot a chance to to continue to be hot. Oscar Clefbaum, who has been playing very well in front of both yeah. goaltenders all season long, looks like this could be a serious injury to his hand. Uh, what? Just talk a little bit about what he's meant to this team through this part of the season and what the uh, plan B is going to be with him out. Well, it's a big loss. And uh, I heard Bob talking later, you know, there's there's teams around the league that have lost big guys and you, you always have to have the mindset of, okay, who's going to step up? It's an opportunity for someone else to play more minutes. Uh, I think you're bang on in terms of, the reality is that, you know, Darnell Nurse probably has to add three to four minutes and uh, to his game and, and continue to 
play at a really high level. It, it's such a loss. They look at the ice times in the last few games. Uh, I mean, Clefbaum had 30 a couple of games ago, 28 uh, uh, the game before last. So I don't really think it's realistic to say someone's going to jump in and play those minutes and eat them up. It obviously creates a scenario where, uh, you know, you, you – you give more minutes to guys that maybe aren't accustomed to playing that shutdown type role, but that's what you look for as a player. You look for your opportunity. When someone someone goes down with injury, there's always a great chance for someone else to jump in. And so uh, I, I think, you know, Russell is a guy that you can give a few more minutes for and play him in maybe a little different role as a veteran guy. Uh, I heard, you know, Benning is a guy that maybe that fight and that uh, – type of a game gives him a little bit of an edge and a little bit of a confidence knowing that you might get a chance to play a little more and the question is whether you know Caleb Jones comes up and gets a chance to play uh, uh, not significant club bomb minutes but an opportunity to jump in the lineup and maybe make an impact Uh, my my focus would be and I'm sure Hitch will be the same don't think you got to jump in and be the offensive guy I mean club bomb finally I shouldn't say finally but was finding his offensive side of the game, was feeling really confident. It's, it's a huge loss at a key time for him. But I think the message from the coaching staff will be, we don't need you to play that kind of game. We just need to continue to defend well, kill penalties well, do all those little things that we talked about earlier to keep the goals against down and don't try to recreate what uh, Clefbaum was able to do over this last uh, month. Chatting with uh, Hockey Night in Canada's lead color analyst Craig Simpson here on Oilers Now. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer. The power play, Craig, was kind of a, a bugaboo for this team for the past five games. They were 0 for yeah. 17. It comes alive last night, and they go two for three. What uh, What did you see that you think might have contributed if you've been watching the games for the past five or so that was uh, hindering that power play, if you will? Well, it's hard to read. Like even the the best in the league, you know, that's why. Early in the season, uh, those little trends are always like, oh, my gosh, the world's going to end. You're not scoring. I think you look at all the good power plays even in the league, and you'll go through a four- or five-game stretch where you might have an 0 for 10 or a 1 for 15, something like that. And I I just think it's the normal course of a season where either guys get a little stale or you have an opponent uh, in in two, three, four games that seem to read what you're doing, and it forces you to maybe – um, you, you know, change it up a little bit, read the play a little differently. So last night's goals were typical. You know, you go two for three uh, on the power play and you go four for five in the penalty kill. And when you're on the road in a tough building, you know, that gives you an opportunity to win. And the pass by McDavid through the seam to Nugent Hopkins was one that I, I would imagine you've seen five or six times tried over that course of going over. Uh, in five games, but uh, you know this time it worked. And then a, another simple play where Nurse gets a shot from the point with good traffic in front. And you know sometimes it's just simple as that that you get a little bit of a break. Now all of a sudden it gives your guys a little confidence. And the next thing you know, that power play that was going old for uh, such a long period of time all of a sudden can can get really hot, and you can go on another you know four or five game blitz where you're scoring a goal every game. It'll be very interesting to see who uh, who fills the role of Oscar Clefbaum if, in fact, he is going to miss quite a bit of time on that uh, top power play unit. Now, yeah, and that, that's again where you know you finally kind of got some continuity there, and uh, as you know, Clefbaum's had some good shots. He seems to have a little more confidence, a little bit more zip 
uh, in that position. So that's another example where, you know, I, I don't think you sort of look to someone to be the same guy there. You're, you're going to have to plug someone in who can, you know, continue to make some reads and make some passes. Maybe you have to change the focus of where, you know, the flow of your power play goes because of it, because he's not going to be there. One more uh, question for you before we move on to uh, kind of the topic of yesterday. Uh, face-offs for this team seem to be something they're not they're not strong in the face-off circle. And yeah. when you're a team that seems to be forming a habit of playing in very close games, I'm wondering what your thought is on uh, on how that may affect the rest of the season for them. Well, I think it's an important part of your game that you have to work on. And, and my guess would be. You know, whenever your players are struggling to, to win big draws, you, you, as a coaching staff, you've got to spend a little time. A lot of it has to do with watching some film, uh, looking at maybe tendencies of the center iceman that you're going up against, but also your own guys and say, you know, give a little bit of a tip and a helper there. I know from my experience, you know, Craig McCavish was such a good face-off guy that you could spend time both in the video room and then on the ice before practice, after practice, doing a little bit of a technique play. And I, I think it is something that you can't let slip. You're always, just like I said about the power play, you're going to go through stretches where collectively as a group, you go through a little bit of a bad stretch where maybe you can't win a draw. Uh, another factor is you really do need your help from your wingers. And, you know, good teams will lose a lot of draws or have the draw in play where it's around both centers' feet. And your wingers often are the ones that get you the win. And I, I think that is something that when you know you're struggling as a group or maybe your key three centermen aren't having a good run, I think you all have to be committed to jumping a little bit quicker, to being a little bit harder and anticipating where the puck's going to go. And oftentimes it can be your wingers who save you and help you win some of those draws. Hockey Night in Canada's Craig Simpson joining uh, Brendan Escott here on Oilers Now. Uh, last one for you, Craig. I'm very curious uh, your thoughts. Andrew Ference was on the uh, 31 Thoughts podcast a couple of days ago talking about the Oilers organization and, and that kind of thing. I'm sure by now you have at least heard reaction to the comments if you haven't heard the whole thing. What's your take on all of this? Well, you know what? I, I embarrassingly didn't. I was uh, at, a, at a charity event uh, yesterday and... Uh, somebody mentioned something, and I, I did hear about it this morning, and I, I haven't read about it. I, I only heard, I think, Ryan Nugent Hopkins' uh, uh, rebuttal to it. Uh, you know what? I can only guess that there's probably a little bit of criticism of the group and criticism of the leadership. But, you know, my, my experience with having ex-players or guys who have left the uh, the group and have gone on and have opinions about things, you know, there's – there's truth in it, in everything because everybody has their own perception. Everybody's had their own experience and garners their explanation of, of how they viewed it. Uh, I think I like Nugent Hopkins in the sense that you, you've got to go forward from where you are. You, you can't look back to one, two, or even three years ago and say, you know, what happened then, you hope that you've been able to rectify and make sure that you can make some change. Uh, I, I do think it's important and, uh, listening to Ken Hitchcock as a coach, uh, it's important to understand that you know you've got a new leader and your head coach. You're you're trying to focus your leadership group on how he wants them to play, and I think part of that growth then is to just continue to look forward and not really look back. You always have to learn about things that maybe you didn't do well or as a younger player maybe didn't handle the way you should. 
but I think it's important for this leadership group to take control now and work with their their new leader and uh, make sure that they're they're going on an up onward and upward uh, trend. Great stuff as always, Craig. Where are you uh, this week? Uh, I am heading to Florida. Actually, it's it's honestly the first time I think the Leafs have played on a Saturday night in Florida. So. It'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, reception they get there. Typically, the only people in the stands are, are Leafs fans <laughs> as opposed to Panther fans there. And you'll get to enjoy the warm sunshine as well. We can all be envious of that. Thank you so much, as always, for taking the time, Craig. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care. That is Hockey Night in Canada's Craig Simpson. It's Brendan Escott on Oilers Now, 1251. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In Edmonton, when we come back, we'll get to Elite Promotional Marketing's NHL Today. This is Oilers Now. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer here on Oilers Now. Bob is traveling with the Oilers as they head from uh, Denver into Winnipeg, where they take on the Jets tomorrow night. That one on 6.30, Ched. Face-off show at 4.30. Puck drop goes at 6. I apologize because I've been neglecting the Heartland Ford text line through the first, first bit of the show. We had a lot to catch up on here, so let's go right to it. This one comes in out of Edmonton. It says, when does Sekiro return from injury? As far as I know of the three, I guess now four, Four injured players with cleft bomb, but of Kajula, Sekera, and Toby Reader, Sekera is still the furthest away from that. I think they're still looking at week to week. Bob will, uh, I'll have Bob get more of an accurate estimate of that tomorrow. My understanding, though, was Sekera was not going to return until after the Christmas break. Text comes in out of Red Deer, says, As terrible as it is to have Clef go down, this is the perfect opportunity to bring up Bear. The guy should have been here from the start. So, yeah, a lot of texts coming in right now on uh, on the Heartland Ford text line at 630-630 talking about Ethan Bear and whether this is a chance for him to get a call-up. I don't mind that idea, and the reason that I don't is because if the team adheres to how well things have been working lately with, uh, with Nurse and Russell and... Benning and Gravel, that means that Bear, if he did get called up, would be playing alongside Adam Larson, which is going to be just about the cushiest landing spot he could have making the step back up to the NHL level. Now, I'm not saying that that is going to happen. Uh, Bob's been talking for weeks about how Caleb Jones is probably the next in line for a call-up from Bakersfield, but Bear has the experience factor, so it remains to be seen. And also, don't forget that not only is Jason Garrison uh, a scratch frequently for this team and somebody that they can use as an asset, but 
so is Chris Weidman, who, since he's been acquired from Ottawa, hasn't really been given any of a chance to showcase what he can do. Now, the reason that I think for that is with Hitchcock being a new coach, and that kind of happened bang, bang, as they hired Hitchcock and then acquired Weidman. I don't know if Weidman's necessarily the style of player that Hitchcock is, uh, is really favoring. And it's been working without him, so he's had a hard time getting into the lineup. I love Chris Weidman as a number two power play quarterback. I think there's a potential there, so maybe he's the one that gets a chance if and only if Garrison uh, proves that the foot speed might be too much of an issue for him to play full-time minutes. And this all depends on how long it's going to be without Oscar Kleppbaum. All right, let's go to NHL today for elite promotional marketing. It's more than just sportswear. The Calgary Flames will get Captain Mark Giordano back from his two-game suspension when they host the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. They are the only Canadian team in action as there's just four games on tonight's NHL schedule. The Golden Knights are playing in Long Island against the Islanders. Chicago hosts the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Dallas visits Anaheim as well. Now, speaking of the Penguins, they did activate goaltender Matt Murray off of the injured reserve this morning, and they reassigned Tristan Jari to the AHL. They did not say whether he would start against the Blackhawks tonight, though I would imagine they'll give uh, Casey DeSmith that that start tonight. We'll see. Uh, Paul Stastny may return for the Golden Knights tonight as well. He's missed the last 29 games with a lower body injury. Rangers D-man Kevin Shattenkirk will miss two to four weeks after separating his shoulder. And the Hurricanes have placed forward Jordan Stahl on the injured reserve with a concussion. That move retroactive to December 5th. Blackhawks forward Artem Anisimov, he landed on the IR this morning with a concussion of his own. Bakersfield Condors host the San Diego Gulls on Friday and then visit Stockton on Saturday been following this team for the better part of this uh, this season and it seems like they don't play anybody other than Stockton and San Diego. Nevertheless, Edmonton Oil Kings, they dropped last night's road game to the Saskatoon Blades 6-3. That game was tied entering the third period at three before the Blades uh, opened the floodgates there. It's a quick turnaround and another tough test tonight. They play the CHL's best Prince Albert Raiders. They're 26-1-0-1 and have been in uh, the lead of the CHL's top 10 rankings for most of the season. U of A Golden Bears are off from conference play until January 4th. We're going to take a timeout here for the 1 o'clock news break. When we come back, it will be Jason Bell from the Winnipeg Free Press teeing up the Oilers and Winnipeg Jets matchup. Eileen Bell is next with a news weather traffic update for Global News. I'm Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.